Let us pray. God, take our ears and hear through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Well, today is uh, Good Shepherd Sunday. Um, Every year on the fourth Sunday of Easter, we hear these texts, uh, or we sing Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. And we hear a portion of John 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he describes a good shepherd as one who leads and the sheep follow because they know his voice. Here's the thing, though. I don't know anything about sheep. I've never lived on a farm, never kept sheep, never fed sheep, never sheared sheep, never herded sheep. One time, I talked about sheep in a sermon. This was back when I was a pastor in Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, in preparation, I read a lot of stuff about sheep. And everyone said the same thing. Sheep, not too bright. Sheep, tendency to get lost. So in my sermon, that's what I said. Well, there was somebody in that congregation who kept sheep. And they did not appreciate those disparaging words. And they let me know rather pointedly that her sheep were, in fact, quite bright. And I just heard uh, Deb say that when she had lambs as a kid, they were brilliant. And I decided it wasn't worth angering people who keep sheep. So I'm not talking about sheep today. But I do know something about hearing familiar voices, uh, and we all do. It turns out humans are really very good at recognizing familiar voices. So, for example, my dad. My dad rarely calls, but when he does, it's always the same. The phone rings, I pick up, it's me. And even in the days before caller ID, I knew that's my dad. Now, in fact, and I did a lot of reading for this sermon, not about lambs, because I've given up on that topic, but I, I did a lot of reading about voice recognition, some, uh, some, some papers and some research studies. It turns out that two words are enough for us to recognize the voice of a close friend or a relative. Humans are actually very, we have a 99.9% accuracy rate uh, after just four syllables for recognizing a voice. And I, I thought in one of the studies that I read, uh, there was this line, there's no known limit, or no known limit has been demonstrated for the repertory of recognizable voices in humans, which I take to mean you can recognize almost an unlimited number of voices. It's not like you get 20 spots in your brain, and after that, you've got to start exiting someone so you can put in another familiar voice. It's not like speed dial. So take a moment and think about the voices that you recognize, the voices that you know. Your dad, your mom, uh, if you have kids, or if you don't, maybe nieces, uh, nephews, the voices of your siblings. I bet you can call those to mind right now. Um, friends? Coworkers? I'd recognize Michael's voice anytime. <laughs> and Kristen. And I don't know where Kurt is, but Kurt too. Uh, maybe neighbors. Okay, I did wonder about this this week. Some of you are teachers, right? If you're a teacher, if you, were, if you closed your eyes, if, if you had a blindfold on, how many of your students would you recognize their voice? Too, too, oh, too many. Wow. Okay. I don't know. Chris or Barry or any of you guys? All of them. How many students would you say you have on a given day? Oh, nine students. Okay, that's not as impressive as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Susan, you were a teacher. You are a teacher. How many? Um, about, half. about half, yeah. 
I don't know, anyone else want to jump in on that? Chris. Okay, some, some you would recognize a lot. Okay, yeah. Well, it's not, and it's not just personal connections, right? I mean, I, I watch a lot of sports. Baseball season, I watch the Giants all the time. I recognize the voice of the Giants announcers immediately. Dwayne Kuyper, Mike Kruko, uh, John Miller, uh, um, I rec- uh, Dave Fleming. I recognize his voice. I forgot his name, but I recognize it. So it might not be sports for you, but we recognize there's a lot of voices that we recognize. We're all, we all know something about familiar voices. And so in this reading today from John 10, it's very interesting when, to me when Jesus repeatedly talks of sheep knowing the voice of their shepherd. Now, of course, Jesus lived in a much more agrarian, uh, pastoral setting. Uh, when he told this parable, people presumably knew a lot more about sheep than I do. But, but he told this for a purpose. Um, this part of John, uh, this story today, this reading today, comes in the midst of, of a controversy. So it, Jesus, at this point in his public life, um, is a fresh voice. He's a charismatic speaker, right? I mean, he told stories. He told parables that were familiar, that were puzzling, that were unforgettable, even transformative. Um, He talked a lot about the kingdom of God. He had this vision of of the way people could live life together if they trusted, if they were filled with the love of God. And people started to believe him. They started to follow him. They started to hope that what he said could be true. So the controversy here in John 10 is, is with the religious leaders of the day. For them, I could imagine Jesus is a little bit of a loose cannon out there in Galilee. He's unknown. He's unpredictable, uncertain what he's going to say next. As a religious leader, I have a little bit of sympathy with them, right? The more influential Jesus becomes among people, though, the more dangerous he became to them. Because what he was saying was unsettling to the status quo. He was upending traditional, familiar, comfortable religion. And so throughout the Gospel of John, there are these series of controversies between Jesus and the religious leaders. And clearly, these are significant differences at stake because Jesus contrasts the good shepherd with thieves and bandits who come to kill and destroy. I mean, those kill and destroy, those are pretty strong words because the differences are very consequential. So Jesus is calling people to follow him into a new pretty radical, transformative way of thinking and believing and living together. And so in the midst of this controversy, in the midst of these competing voices, Jesus tells this parable about sheep and their shepherds. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. Now, here's another interesting thing that I learned about familiar voices. A familiar voice doesn't just convey words or content or information or directions. A familiar voice conveys to us who that person is. So one of the studies put it this way. The human voice is an embodiment of self in a social context Every viable speaker in the world produces a signature voice pattern, and listeners naturally derive an abundance of judgments from it. So, for example, when I hear for the voice of my dad, it's not just, it's me. I had to take your mom to urgent care this morning. When I hear that voice, I hear my dad. I hear the guy that I've always known I could trust. 
I hear the guy who helped me with math, who taught me to throw a baseball, who showed me how to drive. I hear the guy who showed me the importance of being kind and honest, the guy I've always wanted to make proud of me. Familiar voices convey more than just words and content. They convey something of the person themselves. And so in this parable, when the sheep hear the familiar voice of the shepherd, they follow because they know the good shepherd is trustworthy. They follow because they know the shepherd will lead them to abundant life. To the kind of life that the psalmist describes in Psalm 23. The writer attributed to King David knows, the Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. That's the kind of abundant life that comes of following the familiar voice of the good shepherd. Now, of course, we live in a very different time, a very different context, uh, but we still hear a lot of voices. I'm sure we hear many, many more voices in our urban, globalized world than the ancients ever heard. We, of course, still hear the voices of family and friends and neighbors and coworkers, but now we also hear the voices of pundits and influencers and podcasters and Siri and Alexa and whatever voice that is on the GPS in my car. Uh, we hear religious voices, cultural voices, media voices, political voices, voices that mean to shape our perceptions, voices that de- make demands on our loyalties, voices calling us to follow them. So we still have to decide who to listen to. And so amidst the cacophony of all those voices, we, we read these ancient scriptures again and again to help us find our way. We read them to help us distill out the particular voice of the good shepherd who promises to lead us to abundant life. The good news that's embedded in this story is, is that God speaks. God's not distant or absent or inscrutable. The voice of God that called creation into being and said it is good, the voice of God that we hear in Jesus in the stories he told in the kind of life that he lived is the voice of God that speaks to us still, that calls us to live in love, to be drawn deeply into the love of God with heart and mind and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourself. It's the voice that calls us to be merciful and kind and hospitable and just. We hear a lot of other voices. We hear voices all the time telling us to be afraid, to be afraid of other people, to be afraid that there won't be enough. Jesus tells us about love, about the power of God's love, love that's strong enough to cast out our fears. We hear voices all the time telling us that what makes life meaningful is having a bunch of stuff. So work harder, buy more, and then make sure to protect what you got. Jesus tells us that life is more meaningful when we share with others, when we give our lives away in service to others, when we're part of the beloved community that God is calling together. So amidst all of the hum and clatter around us, um, listen for the familiar voice of the good shepherd. Listen for the voice that calls to each of us, that still, small voice. Some of us have heard other voices telling us that we haven't quite lived up to expectations. Some of us have heard other voices telling us there's something wrong with us. Some of us have heard other voices telling us we're not worth much or that no one's ever gonna love us, but that's not true. That's not the voice of the good shepherd. 
listen. The good news is that God speaks, speaks words of love. And not only that God speaks, but that we are created with the capacity to hear. So there's one other thing I learned about voice recognition this week, not especially surprising, but I think still very profound. And it's that babies have the capacity to recognize the voice of their mother at birth. And one of the studies I read pointed out that a mother's voice excites unique brain patterns in the child. It's a unique quality, a unique connection between mother and child, which makes sense, right? I mean, mothers and babies have shared a body. Uh, It makes sense that babies would have a deep, unique ability to recognize a mother's voice. Now, in the church, we've historically engendered God as male, God as father, pronouns he and him. But that's a very limited image of God. So it's helpful when we imagine God as mother, as the one who carries us, the one who's given birth to us, the one who nurses us, sustains us, protects us. And I love that image because it holds the promise that there's such a deep connection between us and God, our mother, that we are created, that we're hardwired with the ability to hear the familiar voice of God. To hear the voice of God who speaks words of grace and forgiveness and acceptance and wisdom. To hear the voice of God who speaks of mercy and peace and justice and above all, love. God speaks. And we're created with the capacity to hear God's familiar voice. So then, it's worth thinking about how we listen. And and the thing is, there's a distinction between hearing and listening. Hearing's a physical act of perceiving sound with our ears. It's a passive action. And our ears, of course, are always on. We're always hearing even when we're asleep. We're always perceiving sounds. Hearing is passive. Listening is intentional. Listening is becoming aware, becoming conscious of what we're hearing. Listening is the process. It's the, it's the practice. It's the skill, really, of taking what our ears hear and then making sense of it, making meaning of it, right? So hearing and listening are different. And the difference between the two, the difference between the sense of hearing and the skill of listening is attention. To listen well, you have to pay attention. Which sounds like something my mom said to me a lot when I was a kid growing up. But I want to make, in closing, just two uh, suggestions about ways to listen well and truthfully and faithfully. And the first is silence. There are not many places that are quiet, that are still in our culture. Silence creates space that allows us to pay attention. So you might remember that scene in the Hebrew Bible back in uh, 1 Kings 19 where the prophet Elijah's in danger. He's fleeing for his life. He's tired. He's angry. He's alone. And he hears a voice that says, go out and stand on the mountain for the Lord is about to pass by. In 1 Kings 19, we're told now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. And that's when the prophet hears the Lord. Silence creates space. When we still the distractions, then we can pay attention. 
Rowan Williams, who was a former Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, wrote an essay a while back on silence. And he wrote of the ways that silence also puts us in a position of vulnerability that opens us up to the mystery of God. Because let's face it, when something's wrong or when some, we're struggling with something, our first impulse is to get it under control, to solve it. And against that instinct, to be still, to be silent, becomes an act of faith. It becomes an act of trust that we are safe in God, that we're being carried along by love, that we are not alone. Trust that beyond the capacity to comprehend, God is at work in us and around us and among us and even through us. In silence, we can listen with our ears and with our hearts, with our souls. So find ways to create space for silence in your hours and in your days and in your weeks. Second, we can often hear the voice of God when we pay attention to the voices of other people. Uh, Whatever our theology and whatever preachers tell you on Sundays, sometimes God just seems distant. God seems quiet. In those moments, pay attention to the voices of people who speak words of grace and wisdom and hope. Pay attention to the voice of prophets who call out the injustices that we prefer to ignore and who challenge our assumptions of certainty and control and who prod us to imagine the kind of lives together that we all long for deep in our souls. And pay attention to voices that aren't often heard, voices that easily get drowned out, voices that can help us hear what we've missed. Pay attention to the voices of people experiencing homelessness. So buy street routes or come share a meal when we're hosting families with family promise. Pay attention to the voices of people living in places like Gaza, whose story often goes unheard. Pay attention to the voices of indigenous people and incarcerated people and womenist writers and liberation theologians. We can often hear the voice of God in the voices of people that the Spirit brings into our lives. We trust that God speaks. And we trust that we're created with the capacity to hear God's familiar voice. So, as Jesus often says in the Gospels, let anyone with ears to hear listen. Amen.